You've spent all winter stuck inside imagining your next big home project. A bigger, brighter kitchen, a fabulous new fence, the possibility of a pool. There's so much you would do if only you could. The good news? With an S&T Home Equity total line of credit, you can. We've got your back with financial flexibility, and we're here to support you with exceptional customer service. So dream as big as you want, and we'll help you bring those dreams home. At S&T, it's just what we do. S&T Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? How we doing? Well, that's good. Me too. Wesley Euler, Tom Offerman with you here. It's hour number two of the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Different hour, new hour, same drill. You know where to get us if you want to get involved. We got the tweets rolling in. We will get to those before we get out of here. We also got our buddy Chris Carter coming up in about 15 minutes. Excited to talk to CC every Monday, but particularly uh, to get his thoughts on kind of the conundrum of this Steelers season so far that Tom and I laid out there in the first hour. He's also, you know, Chris Carter, he is the pastor of the Church of Kenny. So we'll have to talk we'll have to talk a little KP with CC. But he's not blind, right? He's not a bl- he's not He blind. doesn't have blind no. faith at he the does Church not, of Kenny. <laughs> blind melon, blind faith, something. But he he is, always does a good job of giving us the uh the goods on the uh the quarterback debate that rages here. Not necessarily here on this program, but across Steeler Nation, I mean here uh, every single week. Before we get to any and all of that, Tom, concern level with the defense. Now, the good news is it sounds like you're getting Minka Fitzpatrick back here soon, maybe even this weekend in Cleveland. The bad news is, man, the linebacker position, which finally felt like a strength of this defense for the first time since Ryan Shazier was healthy, uh, has suffered two season-ending Injuries over the last two weeks. Cole Holcomb last week. Quan Alexander, the Achilles this week. I'm starting to get a little worried there. Robertson and Robinson did a great job yesterday. But it's one thing to do that in the course of 50, 60 minutes, right? And another to now do it over the course of eight games. So, so where where teams are going to know Robinson are going to be playing now? That's I bet you game plans are going to be built around trying to to expose him. Attacking that middle of the field and yeah. I'm curious to keep an eye on things this week to see what they do as far as maybe signing somebody from another practice squad, as far as bringing somebody in off the streets. Not to say that that person's going to get thrown right in and start, but I mean they're just they're down to two bodies right now. Like I I don't know. It's a numbers game. Right? I remember Nick Kwiatkowski shined a little Quit bit. Cats. He shined a little bit in training camp. I'm not sure if he's on a practice squad somewhere right now or not, but someone like that you'd think just would have to be thrown into the I fold. I mean, you've got to you have to somebody. add a body uh, into things here. Kwiatkowski is still a free agent. Free, I mean, why not bring him back? Anthony just because you Barr's liked him a little a bit. He was, agent. A little, he was aware of your system or at least started uh, this season learning your system. And again, I'm not saying that's your guy and he fixes everything, but 
just a numbers game now. You you don't have the depth at all. You need to start filling that depth in. So I I will be interested to see what they do as far as bringing in another body. And then as far as Mark Robinson and Landon Roberts are concerned, I thought Landon Roberts played great yesterday. Uh, stepping in to that role and being an every-down linebacker or trying to be, I thought he was fantastic. And I think that kind of helped Mark Robinson along the way once he had to jump in there when Quan went down. Uh, but, I mean... Roberts and Quan were kind of 2A and 2B as far as those linebackers were yeah. concerned. And I think Roberts was more your 2B. Because now, he fits so well with Cole Holcomb's game. And now he's in the green dot, you would think. And he's the captain of that inside linebacker unit. The guy communicating the play and the signals to the rest of the defense. You're just taking him out of his element. You're putting Mark Robinson into the fire. This is quickly, in just two weeks' time, become a pretty big weakness in my eyes. A big weakness. Man, it has gone from a, a, a position of luxury, a position of strength, to, I think you're right now, one that teams will be game-planning to attack and go after. And, Tom, it's the, the analogy that I would use is with what the Steelers had with Cole Holcomb, Alandon Roberts, Quan Alexander, and Mark Robinson as well, mm-hmm. too. They had four perfectly – they had four fighters – fighting at the right weight class, okay? I like that. You, you, you're going to see where I'm going with this. Now, all of a sudden, they're asking some of those guys to put on some weight and move up a weight class, and that is always dangerous. Yeah, you might be you might be Conor McGregor, and you might be able to go do it and hold two championship belts at once, right? But Conor McGregor's don't grow on trees. That's very rare that that happens. You see guys a lot of times, whether it's boxing, whether it's UFC, whatever your fight game of choice is, they try and move up a weight class and put on some weight, it it doesn't go, you know. They go from featherweight to middleweight, and it's it's just it's just not the same. They are punching a it's little not. bit above their weight class, and that's where I'm at right now with Alandon Roberts and with Mark Robinson. I think when they with were Mark at, Robinson, I think especially uh, when they were when they were at their their weight class, they were able to have a lot of success. Now you're going to be asking them to do a little bit more. You're going to be asking the the line cooks to be the head chef. You know what I mean? And they're really good line cooks. But can they make that filet mignon the same way as the head chef? I mean, Mark Robinson, they have a lot of promise that they see in him, I think. They like him enough to keep him around, and he's a seventh-round pick, and you know, people talk about him in the light of that he might be somebody someday. But it's very clear that the Steelers don't think that right now as his position fourth on the depth chart when the season started and everybody was healthy. He was doing great on special teams. He was starting to work himself more into the fold of that linebacking room. He was getting better and still kind of being brought along slowly. And now it's just throwing him right into the fire. Maybe that stunts his growth. Uh, Maybe he never reaches the full potential that he ever could. Maybe that full potential that he could have ever reached wasn't that great to begin with. But I'm pretty nervous about number 92 in the middle of the defense. and For the long term. Yeah, and Cleveland, I mean, they're just going to key on that. Uh, Cincinnati's going to key on that. I mean, and don't it is now, very clearly a weakness that other teams are going to expose. Speaking of Cleveland, the next upcoming opponent, don't look now, but Njoku has played pretty darn well the last Such an underrated tight end. He's got eyes. like two touchdowns in the last three weeks and a couple hundred yards. Um that's, that's someone that concern. everybody was high on out of the draft class that he came out of, but just never put it together. Maybe he's a late bloomer, and you hope he's not blooming right now. Ooh. You certainly hope not now. Can can flowers bloom in Ohio in November? Um, he's proving that they can. Uh, I I agree with you, and I just yeah, like I'm 
I'm worried that over the course of eight games, that's, that's going to get really exposed. Going to get yeah. exposed. Now, the good part of all this is I do think Minka Fitzpatrick really helps in that regard. I mean, he is such a he is such a jack of all trades when it comes to the middle of that defense. You need him to play up up at the line of scrimmage and help against the run. He's got it. You need him to drop into the middle and help cover the tight end. He's got it. You need him to take away the deep ball. He's got it. So it's a luxury that you have that guy with this problem. But you can, I mean, you can only ask him to do so much. You can only ask Minka to wear so many hats at the same time as well, too. And I wonder if Minka coming back also allows flexibility to put someone like Keanu Neal up more in sure, that linebacker sure. spot. He's a beefy safety. Uh, people talk about his size overwhelming you when you think he's a defensive back, and then you see him in person, you're like, wow, you're huge for a defensive ah. back. He can be that kind of hybrid linebacker role, and I'm not saying that he should get you know a lot of run at inside linebacker next to Roberts, but I definitely think passing downs especially, he can you know jump into that box a little bit and help out um, coverage especially, I think. And then Minka Mink, really is great in run to f- support too. So he, he's outstanding. The sa- in a weird way, the safeties are probably going to have to be the ones that step up the most in those linebackers' absence, which I, I think will hurt your ability to continue to create those splash plays on the back end. But you got to do what you got to do at some point. And yeah, I think you're going to need some, some 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 support, some reinforcements, some extra added attention to that area. We'll talk about that with Chris Carter. We'll talk about Kenny Pickett with Chris Carter. We'll talk about sustainability and Super Bowl and all that stuff with our buddy CC when we return on the other side. He's Tom. I'm Wes. It's a Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Our guy, Arthur Motes, still out for a few more days here. Tom Opperman been kind enough to fill in for Motesy the last few days. Other than that, we're trying to keep it regular, keep it standard around here. And, of course, a big part of that is our guy, our friend, one-third of the Migos, Mr. Chris Carter, of course. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. The Locked On Steelers podcast, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, WPXI. I mean, he's probably picked up a couple other jobs since we last spoke. <laughs> What's up, CC? How you doing? <laughs> what up, boys? It's good to be on the show. Tom, we normally do Thursdays. This is, this is a change of pace for us. Thursdays, talk college football. Let's talk some pro football this time, Chris. Yeah, baby. So I know we want to talk a lot with CC about the offense and some of that Super Bowl stuff. We talked about the balance of where the team is at right now, and obviously he is the pastor of the Church of Kenny, so we have to talk about the quarterback with CC. Hashtag Kenny Bless. Before we get to all that, though, right, Motsi would be proud of us. In the spirit of the thing, let's start briefly on the defensive side of the football with you, Chris. How concerned are you about the just, man, the attrition that the linebacker room has taken over these last two games. I think this could actually be a significant problem. It's something that I think the Steelers could eventually mitigate, but it is not going to be something that, that they can completely fix. Like there will be opponents who I think that they can limit how much that stretch. Like I think that against the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Colts, maybe even the Seahawks, that they, they might not hurt them. 
But against a team like the Browns this week, I, I think that is the, one of the one of the positions on this team that you could not suffer back to back season ending injuries in. Now there's not too many positions in the NFL where you won't sure, be sure. significantly hurting if you lose two starters for the entire year in back to back weeks, uh, especially right after the trade deadline. But just the way the Browns are playing, man, like they're still running the football. They're they're finding David Joku. Like this is not the week to need <laughs> to need uh, you know Mark Robinson to step up. Uh, also, not even as much about Mark Robinson on the field, really. It's about Mark Robinson the communication part. Like we're talking to Demonte KZ, and he's talking. We're asking him what what went wrong in the first half and what helped you guys in the second half. And he was like, honestly, it's been communication. He talked about how, you know, there were some breakdowns here and there, guys just not understanding what signals were being sent out, new guys being put in, guys having to relay signals and not being used to it. And you know, he, he didn't say that Mark Robinson did it or was, was the problem, but he, he mentioned Mark Robinson being new. And that can't be overlooked. Like, I, I think that's a really big thing right now is that the Steelers, they've been incorporating new guys. You know, they had Trent Thompson and other guys popping in at safety because Minka Fitzpatrick's been out. You know, they've been rotating Elijah Riley, you know, to try to help with, you know, other ways to deploy the secondary. Darius Rush wasn't active this game, but he helped in the Titans game. And now you got Mark Robinson filling in and you're trying to figure out all these other answers. That's going to catch up to you at some point as far as your defensive chemistry, uh, your communication. And a huge part of what the Steelers do this year is the communication so that they can try to confuse offenses, line up in different ways, pass off assignments. This is not a defense that is loaded with guys off, who line up off the ball and can just play shutdown football 24-7. Like, Joey Porter Jr., I think, could become that. But Patrick Peterson, he's a guy that has to win with savvy. Same thing with, with Levi Wallace and uh, most of the other guys that play off ball covers there. That is a big determining factor in my book, and you need guys on the field who can communicate and play that kind of savvy ball. I, I think that's where losing both Holcomb and Quan Alexander could really backfire. Chris, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, hopefully he can play this week against Cleveland. Expect him to be back by Cincinnati at the latest. They ask him to be Superman in that secondary way too much, in my opinion, but he, he does it for the most part. Is he mm-hmm. part of a, a, an answer to this inside linebacker problem? He coming down and filling in a box, or his presence allowing Keanu Neal to jump down a little bit into the box? I actually agree. You're right. You're on something there, Tom. I think that that's part of it. I think it needs to be a group effort. And Mike Tomlin will probably say so tomorrow during his press conference, as he often does about, you know, you know, replacing guys. But I think this needs to be a mixed bag of people filling in and helping out where Keanu Neal does it sometimes, Mika Fitzpatrick does it sometimes. I also think it would be prudent for the Steelers to explore how they rotate their edge rushers sometimes, their outside linebackers. We've seen plays where T.J. Watt will line up as an off-ball linebacker and he has an interception this year when, when, when doing that. Uh, we've seen Alex Highsmith do that on occasion. Uh, I, I think them, Nick Herbing, Marcus Golden, not every play, not all the time, but you can that you come out with three edge rushers and one of them will be the off-ball guy and you can rotate who that is with matchups that you want. Um, again, don't make that a staple of your defense, but make that another like widget, another facet of your, of your defense. And you should have, I think that can be another wrinkle that helps, you know, address this issue. So it's not just Mark Robinson, every single play being, having to be out there with the linebackers, you're, you're rotating them, rotating Keanu Neal, you're rotating, rotating because it's packed, um, you know, and, and, and keep, and keep that going. A staple of the Steelers blitz here. It's Chris Carter with us here on this Monday. All right, CC. Here's the 
the conundrum that I laid out for Tom at the at the start of the show. Here's where I'm at. I this team at six and three. I love how for the yeah. first for the first time since 2020, the COVID year, we are back to having the conversation of can this team win a Super Bowl? Legitimately, right? Last year and the year before in Ben's last season, it was can they win enough games? Can they finish with a winning record? Can they maybe get into the playoffs? No one was talking can this team win a Super Bowl? And if they were, they weren't doing so realistically. But at six and three, you can have that conversation now. And I think particularly when how the Steelers get schedule sets up down the back end, where now it feels like the playoffs, man, to not make the playoffs at this point would be a disaster the other side of that for me is I know the teams that can win Super Bowls have more than one way to beat you right they can lean on their defense they can yeah. lean on their yeah. quarterback they can do it in the run game they can do it in the pass game um, that's that's kind of the conundrum that I'm at is that I think it's fair I think it's right to have the can this team win the Super Bowl conversation and that's encouraging to me that we're back there but I also at the same time say until they have more than one way to win I'm not there yet is that a fair assessment? Mm-hmm. Where do you, where do you come down and kind of that uh, that enigma that I laid out there? I, I'm right where you are in that they have put themselves in a position where you cannot deny that they they will have a good shot at making the playoffs and maybe even getting a, a not terrible matchup to start the playoffs. But this is still a team that, like you said, has a certain path to victory and it needs to walk that path and. What's impressive about the Steelers' year, well, you know, I know a lot of people say, this isn't sustainable, this isn't sustainable. Well, man, they've sustained it for six out of nine games, and what is it, 11 out of the last 15? And so for, like, the last, like, four or five years, too, CeCe, if we want to go bigger picture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, 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 you look at how they played all of last year, all of, all of 2022, 2021, and 2019. Like, this team, this is what they've had to do since Ben was, you know, you know, suffered his elbow injury. 2020, they had like half a year where like you think maybe Ben's back for a little bit and then eventually, oh, no, he, 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 that was like that was the last gas of his. Uh, he, he, he doesn't have that, that, that cannon arm consistently for a whole year anymore. Um, I think that very much the Steelers are in, are, are in a place right now where they have gotten – they have so many players that are used to it, that are they're used to setting that tone, and more guys, veterans and rookies – are buying in now where I think the Steelers have an upside that can really work in their favor. And if we're comparing it to prior teams, you know, some people are, you know, want to compare this team to the 2005 Super Bowl team or like, you know, the early Ben Roethlisberger days where he didn't have spectacular stats, but he was really good in clutch moments. And he, you know, and, and he had a team. Now that team had a great defense and a, and a really great run game. And they had an established offense that, that, Ben Roethlisberger plugged in, played, knew his role, and didn't have to try to, like, figure things out and figure out an identity. Right. And that was a big part of what helped them and, you know, throughout that year. This team did not have that identity going into the season. But they are finding that identity midseason. And that could be the real promising thing is that you have a lot of young players on offense who are figuring things out. Najee Harris saying they feel like they found their run identity. Broderick Jones talking about we're, we want to run for over 200 yards every single week. This is a team that if they can, if they build that identity, then things start to fall into place. And then you could talk about them being a contender that could take out some of the big dogs in the playoffs at some point. But we just saw one game of this run game being this dominant. Let's see them stack a few games like this. If they do that against the, the Browns, yes. that'll be a, a hello wake-up call doing against a defense like that. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more about the identity thing, Chris. And, and sticking with the run game, uh, Tennessee, it turned a corner, and then Green Bay, it just exploded <clears throat> off the page with 200 yards total, and Warren and Najee were, were outstanding in, in their own ways. If I were to come up with a list, though, of reasons why the running game turned the corner, how crazy would it be for me to put Broderick Jones at the top of that list? Not crazy at all. Uh, I think Broderick Jones is a big part of it. Merrill Hodge, you know, has made that clear in his opinion. Um, you know, I, I really think that this is a team right now that uh, that needed a spark, needed someone that could just be the energizer on the offensive line. And, and I've said this for years. Like people – People underestimated what, um, you know, what, what, how important Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, and Marcus Gilbert mm-hmm. were to that Steelers offensive line in the 2010s. When either one, when two of those guys were on the field, if one of them was injured and two of those guys were there, that could energize the entire line. And this group just needed a, a guy like that. You know, I think Isaac Siamalu could be that some days. I think James Daniels could be that some days. But Dan Moore Jr., he's he's more of the guy that's the passenger that he'll he won't raise raise your status, but he will he will hold the standard if you guys if you guys are good. Um, Mason Cole, similar similar thing there. He won't hurt you entirely, but if you're not good, he's not going to change the change that. And if you are good, he can help contribute to that and uh, you know be complimentary with that. But uh, and I think Chuck Zakorafor was the same way. But Broderick Jones makes this offensive line better, and when he's able to play the way that he plays. That makes everyone else that much better around him. And that's where I think they're showing real progress. And him, one guy being on the field can make a world of difference. I said all draft process. He was my top offensive tackle prospect in this draft class. I loved his tape. I love what he brought to the table. He's a bully. He's mean. He's nasty. He's physical. He will energize this Steelers offense if only they could find a way to get him. And somehow the NFL draft process, people convinced themselves that he wasn't as good as people thought and that he needs to go down a little bit. And the Steelers wound up with him. I said all along, like, that was the best thing that could have happened to them in this draft class. Um, and I think that in the, just a few starts, we've seen that manifest in the Steelers offense. I think you're absolutely right, Chris. I think, a, I mean, a big part of what feels like more optimism around this team is that draft class. I think the first three guys, right? What we've seen from Broderick Jones, not only him, but Joey Porter Jr. and, uh, and Keanu mm-hmm. Benton have another, had a great game. Another this, great uh, yes. game. Um, and man, like, that is encouraging to me in, in terms of. We know run defense has been an issue for this team for a couple years, and at times this season they've been back and forth on it, but I think Keanu Benton's emergence there as you continue to get Cam Hayward healthy is, yeah, is going to yeah. be is, is going to be huge without a doubt. Uh, Chris, a couple minutes left here with you, so of course we have to close as always. I, it's been fun talking to Chris Carter for these for these 12 minutes or so, but can I get, can I get Pastor Carter uh, on the line now, please? Oh, yes, sir. We are here. <laughs> what would you like to hear for the congregation today, sir? Chris, I, I, Pastor, I just, I, you know, a lot going on. I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about Kenny Pickett. He continues to win. We know what the Steelers' record is when he plays and when he's healthy. We know particularly what the Steelers' record is when he doesn't turn the ball over. But I've got a lot of heresies in the court, Pastor, who are telling me, ah, well, you know, he only threw for 126 yards, and ah, well, you know, he's only completing these little passes out of the backfield for for five or six or seven yards. So, Pastor, just tell me how I'm supposed to feel as uh, here at the Church of Kenny. Where are we going? What are we doing? What's the vibes? What's the heat check? Well, first of all, first of all, 
Let me get, let me get the organ. Let me get the organ sound effect here. There you go. There you go. There, there we go. Listen, listen to the congregation. You must understand. The good Lord, the Lord said once, if you pray for rain, you better plant your crop. <laughs> because if I bring the rain and your crops ain't planted, then you done messed up. <laughs> and I think that is what Steelers fans should be doing right now is praying for the rain from Kenny Pickett when he starts raining in the passes and they start falling in and they start hitting. Now, I will say in the fourth quarter, it rained upon Deontay Johnson on a deep back shoulder pass, hit him right in the hands, and he didn't have his cross planted, and it was a drop. Now, Steelers fans, you don't have to be like that. And Deontay Johnson, there was one play. He's, he's, he's made a lot of great plays in his career. I think he will make plenty more. But Steelers fans, you need to be prepared for when Kenny Pickett does bring the rain because I think that he shall at some point, whether here, now, next week, some point, he will bring it. And that's where you want to be. And I also think that's where the Steelers need to be. And taking a second from the break here of us making the joke about the pastor, church, or Kenny Pickett and all that, in all seriousness, this team is holding out without Kenny Pickett turning it on yet so well. And if, like, here's the thing. The run offense, it's working. The offensive line, building. Nasha Harris, Kaylin Moore, great, great, great. Awesome, you love that. Defense, finding ways to win. Getting after the quarterback. Not getting after the quarterback, fine. Secondary, not all that together. Guess what? They continue to make plays in the, late in the games to keep the Steelers alive, and they, and they don't give up leads. Uh, late in the game this year. That's been huge for this, for this team. They've been doing all the other things they need to do to win. That is planting your crops. <laughs> and if Kenny Pickett figures it out, and I'm not saying Kenny Pickett becomes Patrick Mahomes, elite Joe Burrow, or even does what C.J. Stroud's doing right now. I'm saying if Kenny Pickett learns to take the layups and develops a consistency that are developed into the Steelers' offense right now, if he doesn't throw you know, a, a lateral pass backwards, and miss Jalen Warren on the short pass, if he hits the open man on the given play, the way he did on those first two drives where the run game engineered the offense, but he, he had some short passes that also helped them. If he can do that more consistently and take what's there, this team becomes a major problem. Because then, what are you going to stop? You're going to stop? You're going to double George Pickens? Well, then they're going to run right over you. You're going to double Deontay Johnson? They're still going to run right over you, and now you're leaving George Pickens a one-on-one. You're going you're gonna to focus on the run game? Okay, well, that, then you get one-on-ones, and that's where Kenny Pickett can get easier decisions to make. And at the same time, you still got to focus on a defense that's giving you problems. And T.J. Watt's coming after you, and Alex mm-hmm. Heisman's coming after you, and now Mickey Fitzpatrick's coming back. The Steelers have planted their crops. Now, it's taking some time for the rain to come. <laughs> I love but, that analogy. But, best believe, if you are in, the church is Kenny Pickett. You believe that rain is going to come someday. I know there's a lot of people who think of the rain is church, so uh, y'all, y'all better be uh, shouting me out. But in all seriousness, if Kenny Pickett brings it, I think this team ch- changes to a whole new level. And it could be. It could be. I'm not saying it will be. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. But very 2005 reminiscent, mm-hmm. because Ben Roethlisberger wasn't elite that year. He had mistakes here and there. But he got hot. Late in the season, had a, some really good playoff games, and that was enough for the Steelers to pull off the upsets and become the first team that, was, that won all road games to get to the Super Bowl and win it. And I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl or do any of that. But I'm saying if he finds a way to get hot, I think this team can look a lot like that team did back in 2005. And I don't know if that team – there's a whole lot of damage in 2023 because that is 18 years ago. Yeah. But – I think it's a lot. It, it would make this team a lot of fun, 
and it would be make, make for some really electric football games down the stretch here. Pastor Carter, why does the Steelers passing offense think that play action is the devil and that the middle of the field <laughs> and using the middle of the field is a sin? Because you saw, I'm sure you've seen the passing charts from the Green Bay game, Chris. It's like the Sahara Desert in play the middle of the field. Play action is the devil. The devil. <laughs> the devil. Oh, my gosh. It, uh, listen, listen. Sometimes, sometimes the scripture is in the book and you're just looking at the wrong verses. Sometimes, sometimes the pastor that shows up that day, person leading the congregation, may be looking at the wrong passages, maybe reading the wrong story to get you going on your Sunday morning. And it happens from time to time. Pastors got to show up every Sunday, just like Kenny Pickett. And so sometimes it takes Kenny Pickett showing up and realizing the middle of the field is open. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you look at the you look at this the the, the the field. It is not that the Steelers aren't running routes to the middle part of the field. Heck, you saw that on the the last throw of the game right. when they converted it and they got called back for Calvin Austin uh, bumping into a guy that was trying to be bumped into. Yeah, ticky tacky um, call there. Uh, and like initially, I, when I when I saw it, I was like, oh okay, that was that was a pick. But then I look back at the replay. I mean, you can see. Dude realizes that he's cooked by George Pickens and says, how can I make up for this? <laughs> oh, wait, there's Calvin Austin. Let me run into him real quick. And now that'll draw the, the, the offensive pass interference. And it's a savvy part. That's a veteran move uh, by, by that defensive back. But, like, that was a play. They had the middle of the field. And there were plenty of opportunities like that in this game, and Kenny didn't see it. So it's not that it's not that Matt Canada or the plan or the script, scripture, sees that the middle of the field and play action is a sin. I think that Kenny Pickett just needs to read the right passages. And when he does, and when he does, <laughs> hallelujah, that the whole church will say, Kenny Amen. bless. Kenny bless. Kenny bless. Kenny bless. Pray for rain. That's what I got from, from this segment with Chris Carter. <laughs> Is much like on your yeah, wedding day, right? When rain gets you a free <laughs> wedding ring or whatever it is. Pray for rain as the crops <laughs> have been planted. CC, great stuff as always, man. We really appreciate it. If you guys want more of Chris, locked on Steelers podcast every day, Pittsburgh Post Gazette, WPXI, regular here on the program. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. Thanks for the time as always, partner. Great stuff. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Teddy Blood. <laughs> Never gets old. I was impressed too. He kept that he kept that passer that voice amazing. going for a while. Yeah, that was amazing. And that that's was well a, done. That's a lot of projecting and using your pipes. That that brings Ooh. that's a guest that goes to the next level there. That's no a guest that gets it. That's a guest no that is an entertainer, a showman, and not just gonna give you the information. And although Chris is gonna give you all the information you it's need. It's the balance so of both, yeah. right? You want the entertainment and you want the information. That's the best of the he business. He is a showman. We love it. Great stuff from our buddy Chris Carter. Uh, on the other side, when we return, I'll give you a show me the money update, how we did yesterday, <laughs> and we will get to your tweets to close this thing down as always. So plenty to get to before we get out of here. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, let's close this thing down. Shut As it always, down. 
We're going to get to your tweets. And before we do that, though, Tom, we've got to update the show me the money every single week here on the program. It's a simple thing that we do. If maybe you're not hip, I'm sure most of you are, but I make picks every single week. Odds, ends, spreads, over-unders. We keep tally of my record throughout the season. We see how I do. We call it show me the money. Show me the money. And it was a big week for was, Mr. Euler this week. He was 17-17 and 17 heading into the picks. Haven't dipped below 500 at all this season. I did a little bit last year at times. Finished with a win- I've finished with a winning record every year I've done this. We were 17-17 and 17 coming into uh-huh. Sunday. Teetering on the edge. And I went 2-2 two and two to stay and at we're 500. still 500, baby! Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Um, I know you won the Niners game. I was giving you a little tough time on that one, thinking I might take the Jags there way no wrong doubt. on that I one. I was you very blitz, confident in that one. That and one. I was very confident in the Vikings as home dogs. Uh, they destroyed Destroyed them. Yeah. Josh Dobbs, dude. How about him? A dude, right? Maybe you just need to start getting rocket scientists for quarterbacks, and they'll figure it out real quick. <laughs> In all actuality, though, I mean, I look at him, I look at Geno Smith. These guys have been learning on the job Gino. for seven years, Gino. and then they finally Gino. get their chance, Gino. and they take it, and they run with it. Well, Geno also got drafted into the quarterback hell that is the New York Jets. Just talk to Dobbs Mark, was a fourth San- round Mark Sanchez. People think Dobbs Zach is like Wilson a— and Sam Darnold. And- people think we're looking at Kurt Warner here, like Dobbs was undrafted, and no one knew he was— it was a fourth-round pick by the Steelers. Like, there was talent there that a team decided to take a, a weighty pick on him. So I got those two right. Nice. But the two that you got wrong. You Titans took an over-under in Titans there, Titans right? Bucks did not go over 38-and-a-half. Gross game. Will yeah, Levis. Will Levis. Tape, tape maybe out on him. Woo! I mean... Woo! Pump the brakes from all those nice yeah, things seriously. we said about him a couple weeks ago. Uh, also, I thought the Falcons would beat up on Kyler Murray and the Call of Duty Cardinals. Yeah, what the heck was that about? They lost. Isn't that a win that you hate if you're a Cardinals fan, though? Because, I mean, you have two wins now. The Bears now are in the driver's seat, thanks to the Carolina Panthers, for getting that number one pick. Now, and the other thing I don't understand either is, if you're putting Kyler Murray back out there, if you're Arizona, why? Why is he playing? He's going to win you games because he is talented, like he just did. To me, it signals, do you think he's still maybe the guy and you're not a Caleb Williams or Drake May for sure come this draft class? I, I, very we- I got my eye on Arizona right now. Weird things happening it's big, over uh, there. big final eight games for them, I would say, down the stretch I mean, here. That's a bad win for them. They do not need to win games. No, they don't. But they do need to see really what they have in Kyler Murray down the stretch here. And he went and won a game for him. And he went, him, so. went and won a game for him. So I guess you could look at it as good or bad depending on where you're at. Uh, so 2-2, two and two, we're at 19-19 and 19 on the season. Treading water. All right. I knew I should have left the stinking. The Titans Bucks over under. I should have just left off there. I would have still gone with the Falcons. I would have gone two and one. We'd be back. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. That's 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 the problem with these picks, right? Is it's the easiest hindsight thing ever. Oh, I swear I was gonna bet on that. Oh, I swear I was gonna pick that team. That's just the way she goes. But we're nineteen and nineteen. We're hanging in there. Just a little pat on my back last night. Uh one of the worst Sunday night football games yeah, I bad. could remember. But shout out to Bob Spillane, though. Shout out to Bob Spillane. Kind of wish we had that dude now. Not at the beginning of the year, but he would have been nice to have now. But I put in the over three and a half field goal prop bet on that game. A mm-hmm. nice little chunk of change. I hit it in like the first four possessions. Okay, <laughs> it was baby. like a field goal, field goal, field goal, yeah. field goal. There were seven total field goals in the game, Wes. That was crazy. Good night to be a kicker, huh? I just, I mean, I looked at Zach Wilson and Aiden O'Connell, and I said, I think these guys are going to be booting the ball a little bit in this one. And I was right. All right, Thomas. 
We got about five minutes left here. Let's close this thing down. We'll run through some of these tweets. First, Andy Reid. Time's yours. Thank you, Big Red. Appreciate that as always. Uh, Reverend Bull tweets here. And I think he, I think he's a first-time tweeter. So just to be safe, just to be safe. Welcome to the party, pal. I mean, we're busting out all the – we're busting out the Andy Reid and the John McClain. You and just the, like the show off. And the Jerry Maguire. Well, it's because Tom is the best producer that I know. Aww. And much like me, he's a great co-host as well, too, while being able to produce. But I, I got to have the bells and whistles when Tom's in here, all right? Because he's the best producer that I know. That's why he produces the biggest sports show in all of Pittsburgh, baby. Reverend Bull says, can we please call a spade a spade? We go through this every week. Kenny hasn't thrown for 300 yards in the NFL yet. A Sunday he threw for 126. It's not that hard. Seems everyone can't see it except for those of us in western Pennsylvania. Who was anointing him as this great quarterback? We've all been acknowledging how much have he struggled, and you had an entire take on this show, Wes, saying oh, they don't win in other ways. There's not, you know, you can win this way, you can win that way, you can win this way. It's one formula. Uh, Kenny has been and a I, very bad quarterback so far in his career, but they're winning games despite him, and he's in his second season. I mean, don't you think that you could have him turn it around? There's still potential there. Listen, I lean towards... I don't think Kenny's the long-term guy for a decade. But with that being said, I also know the reality of the situation. He's the Steelers quarterback. It's not going to change this year, nope. and it's probably not going to change for another couple years, at least until his rookie deal runs no out. Doubt. And I know they'll a probably lot of pick people... up his fifth-year option too. Like, oh, I that's think so. next year. I think, unless he just decision. has an absolutely disaster of a year next year, no, I, I but think I mean, they're you're going right. to the playoffs this year. Yeah, they're going to pick it up. And, and Reverend, and it's funny how we go from 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 Pastor, Pastor Carter to Reverend. to Reverend Bull here. <laughs> I know a lot of people just want to turn on the radio and hear everybody crush Kenny Pickett. That that's just that to me is. It's, it's You can find that every week. It's played out. We try to have the more nuanced conversations here where we say, hey, we really like this about the team, but if they want to be a true contender, they have to find more than one way to win. And, yes, a ton of that gets back to Kenny Pickett. We don't shy away from that. We also just aren't going to sit here and just be like so many other sports shows in this town that just dump on Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada for the entirety of the show, and that's all that they do. That's just not our vibe. You know, everybody knows that they have to take that next evolution in the offense to really go somewhere. Absolutely. But yeah, what is the point of coming? And we have been critical of Kenny today on this show. But what is the point of doing a two-hour long show the the day after getting to he six sucks. and three? Get him he out sucks. of here! You're this never team's going nowhere. Anything. They're not yeah. going anywhere. This is the six and three is a mirage. It's the, that to me is well, just it's. And we have plenty of time for that in the off season too. Let's see how these last eight games play out. Right. Uh, Steeler Nation 920, our buddy Tyler up in Wisconsin. Now I know he enjoyed that game yesterday. He goes, "Let me get another victory." Turn it up to 11. All these cheese heads like Smokey and Friday when I come around, they be quiet. But when I walk away, they be talking again. <laughs> yeah, when he comes around, I'll be quiet. But when they go away, I'll be talking again. He wants to give a game ball to the offensive line, road grading, mm-hmm. and moving them mm-hmm. meat bags. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the offensive line has been huge. Huge, right. literally and figuratively. And I, I mean, I... I'm not bashing any of the other four. They have had their part in this, but it is Big 77 is changing everything up front for this team. He is he is a wonder to watch play the offensive line. It's awesome. He is fast awesome. as hell on those pools. I love it. He I really gets do. to the second level so quick. Um, I know it's not always people in front of their mind watching at home to watch the offensive line play. They're looking at the quarterback drop back. They're keeping their eye on the running back, stuff like that, keeping their eye towards the ball. Do yourself a favor on Sunday against Cleveland. Watch Jones for a series. Just key in on him. He's unbelievably fun to watch. I completely agree. 
ringing endorsement. Big Ron tweets and says, gotta love the Victory Monday. Any news on when Pat Fryermuth is coming back? Also, how early is too early for Christmas music? Sounds like Fryermuth has a good chance to go this weekend. If not, I would think one of these next two Ohio games. Tom, for me, I don't listen to Christmas music personally until we're like close to the holiday, you know, like like a week or two away. Mm. But it's a little too late, I think. I would say in general, Thanksgiving. Like, if you want to put your decorations and everything up in in early November, that's all right with Uh, me. No. Christmas music after Thanksgiving. Not all right with me, the decoration things early November. It starts on Black Friday. It starts the day after Thanksgiving. I get to Thanksgiving. I watch the football games. I drink some brews. I have turkey dinner. Then I have turkey dinner part two. Then I have turkey dinner part three. And then the next day, the tree goes up in my house and you turn things to Christmas. You put Elf on the TV. Like, I'm scrolling through the channels last night, and USA is Elf on. No! Way too early for me to get in on Elf. But Agree with day you after that. Thanksgiving is when it turns all the way up to Christmas for me. And you know what? You can even start to trickle some in on Thanksgiving night once we're winding things sure, down a little sure. bit. Sure, sure. But not until after that bird comes out of the oven are we even thinking holly jolly in my household. <sighs> Marco tweets and says, uh, on an encouraging note, I feel the Steelers at any moment could beat any team in the league that happens to have an off day and they're only getting better in the process. Yeah, sure. That's true about everybody, though. That's true about most teams team. in the NFL, but I get I get the spirit of what Marco's saying there. Marco, I really look at the Chiefs as the only team in the AFC right now that I still think they don't have much of a chance against. Uh, I don't buy Miami you know what, yet. Though? That's and just then what the, the Chiefs have been. Right, too, and then be the fair. rest of the division, I think you can beat any one of them, and the Jags and the Dolphins, just I, the Bills are struggling. Like Marco, I think as long as you avoid that Chiefs matchup, you have a, a more than a puncher's chance yeah. in the playoff game. Ricky says, We are building our house in the rain. Imagine when the sun shines. <laughs> he was hopefully, listening to Pastor Carter. Hopefully, apparently. we'll see that, that sunshine uh, here soon. All right, two more. Trey tweets, Victory, baby. I guess this is the Steelers' identity now. Run game, let the defense bend, but don't break. And hopefully, Kenny balls in the fourth quarter. Tough losing Quan, but I have faith that they will figure things out. Great to be out there this weekend and seeing my guy. Wes, appreciate you. Yes, Trey brought me Spotted Cal, the beer from Wisconsin that I love that Tyler brought earlier game? in the season. Yeah, Trey's from Wisconsin. He went to the game. He waited for me till 7 o'clock no, game in the Carnegie Science Center no, parking lot and brought me more Spotted Cal. What a guy. Wes is cool, dude, but you don't have to wait around for I'm not that, that cool, long. Yeah, but seriously. you guys make me feel special. I love it. All right, closing it down for the day. We got about 60 seconds here. Me tweets us. Me and says, Dr. Westman and adjunct professor shirtless Tom, can I get three victories, please? Victory! 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 Number one, game ball goes to the running game. Honorable mention, Keanu Benton. Ugh. Great shouts. Wish he was playing more, honestly. And he just Looks might like he find the stretch now, here. Yeah. yeah. Number two, Cinnabon rolls. Are they a top five dessert of all time? I'm not a controversial take. I'm not a huge cinnamon roll guy, cinnamon bun guy. I don't think of him as a dessert. That's breakfast, That's baby. Breakfast, That's, baby. I'm starting a bacon and cinnamon roll. And this is a good one to get us out of here on a laugh. Who's got the worst jersey, the Florida Panthers or the Washington Capitals? Do you think those jerseys are bad? Bad. Really? Bad. Florida's? Bad. I think it's fine. It's got a crest. It looks like a panther that I designed on Microsoft Paint. Do you, do you miss the old panther when yeah. he was biting the stick in half? And on the Capitals, it's just it's like a weird cursive thing with the hockey stick. Uh, and they used to have great old jerseys, too. Mm. Both bad. <laughs> Never really looked at those jerseys and thought bad. I would rather have the Panthers, though, than the Capitals, to be fair. Well, you just hate the Capitals. That's the show!
He's Tom Offerman. Thanks once again to our guy. Show him some love, at Madden Producer on Twitter. Back again Wednesday. You need me, right? Buddy, I need you whenever. Back again Wednesday. Tom's back on Wednesday. How about that? Uh, Steelers Standard Podcast, Asked and Answered, all that good stuff. Take care now. Bye-bye then. It's been the Steelers Blitz on SNR. You've spent all winter stuck inside imagining your next big home project. A bigger, brighter kitchen, a fabulous new fence, the possibility of a pool. There's so much you would do if only you could. The good news? With an ST Home Equity total line of credit, you can. We've got your back with financial flexibility, and we're here to support you with exceptional customer service. So dream as big as you want, and we'll help you bring those dreams home. At ST, it's just what we do. ST Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.